Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life After Paralysis. I'm your host, Tiffany Carlson. I am a C6 quadriplegic since 1993 from a diving accident, and I am the executive director of Spinalpedia. Thank you so much for listening. This is our first episode of 2020. And uh, yeah, welcome. Thank you for listening. There are a ton of podcasts out there, like uh, way too many, and we're doing our part to add one more to the crazy pond of podcasts. But ours is special because we're doing something um, about spinal cord injuries, and we hope that we're helping people out there who are living with paralysis. And so this podcast, I decided to do it on a really popular topic, which is adaptive driving. And I know a lot of people out there have questions about it. I have just random people come up to me and ask me about my driving, since I think everyone's interested in it, whether they're uh, disabled or not even, just because it's a really fascinating topic. And so we're doing a topic, um, I'm sorry, a show on uh, just the the intricacies of it in that how do you even get back into driving after an injury? Um, what programs do you use? Who um, can teach you how to get back behind the wheel? And for a lot of people, there's a lot of fear involved. Um, for me, I didn't drive again until I was 25. I thought for sure I was going to kill myself. <laughs> But uh, a lot of people aren't like me, thankfully, and they get back behind the wheel pretty quickly. So we're going to be joined by four people who have some really great stories to share um, and how they got back to driving again after their accidents. And so we're going to be joined by four really great people. So be be sure to listen to everyone. Um, We're going to start out with Heather. Heather Wood from Massachusetts. She um, is a quadriplegic uh, from, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Guillain-Barre syndrome. It's probably wrong. Uh, Recently injured, and she's going to share her story. She's a mother, and we're also going to be joined after that by Mike from Pennsylvania. Now, I'll warn you, the audio is not good. I'm going to still put it on the show because he's really great, and his audio comes through really fabulous. Mine doesn't, but I apologize in advance for Mike's uh, about 20-minute portion of the show, but please make sure to uh, listen still because it's a great interview. He's been paralyzed for around 20 years, and he's been driving for almost that long, so he's got some good experience just about driving with hand controls and the insight that he's gathered from all those years. And after that, uh, we're going to have Kenneth Folkman on. He is a paraplegic from Green Bay, Wisconsin, and he makes custom hand controls. He loves v- VW vehicles, uh, Volkswagen vehicles, and he loves the bug, and he's made custom hand controls for that. So we're going to talk about that and other cars that he loves. He's a certified gearhead. And lastly, we'll be joined by Kimberly Ivory from Houston, Texas. She's 29 and a C7 quadriplegic and has been injured for like 10 years. And congratulations to her. She just got her license and um, she went through a program that was paid for through the state. And I think that is really great because a lot of people need to know about that. So we have four fabulous guests. It's a kind of a long podcast. So we have um, these four people and I I, I, uh, mentioned all of them in chronological order. So you can be sure to skip ahead if one of those people sounded more interesting than the other. So Whatever you do, just thanks for listening, and I hope that you get some information from this show um, on this really important topic. And we're going to have more guests on this topic in a few months from now because we had so much interest in this show. So there you go. So we'll have more on adaptive driving probably around April. 
So stay tuned, guys. Hang tight, and we're going to be joined by Heather in a few moments. All right. Hi, everybody. Today, we have Heather Wood on, and she just got her driver's license in December. And um, she's from Boston, uh, Boston area. So hey, Heather, welcome. Hi, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying doing this podcast. I love to drive myself. I'm a quadriplegic that uses hand controls. And so I've been driving since 2005. So this is going to be fun to talk to you because I know you're new to driving. So let's start from the beginning. If you don't mind sharing just like your age and where you're from exactly. Yeah, sure. Um, so again, my name is Heather and I am 36 years old and I live um, right outside of Boston. Okay, Boston. Cool, cool, cool. So I know you're, you're in your disability, you have, you're paralyzed, but it's, you have Julian Barr syndrome, right? Yes, yes. So I have, I was diagnosed with um, Guillain-Barre syndrome. Um, Sorry. Yep. That's okay. So many people pronounce it many different ways. So um, GBS is the, is the acronym for it. Okay. But, um, I was diagnosed with that um, in 2014, a week after my son was born. Oh, wow. um, so I, I just passed my five-year mark, um, and it's a severe variant of um, the syndrome. So I was left with um, some uh, variation of quadriplegia. So oh, I really? have okay. um, some movement in my legs and some movement in my arms, but not a lot of hand dexterity. Oh, um, so I'll talk a little bit more about that um, when it comes to driving and how that's impacted. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So just so I, just, you know, I've satisfied my curiosity, your disability, does that just come out of thin air? Or do doctors know what causes it? Um, typically with GBS, it's caused by um, a re your body's immune systems react to a virus. Um, so it's not actually a virus. It's your body's immune system over responding. So trying to fight that virus off, but then confusing and mistaking your nerves for the virus. So you're, it actually attacks your your um, peripheral nervous system. Oh, so man. my disability is not a central nervous system, uh, like a spinal right. cord damage, but yeah. uh, still affects the nerves, which then ultimately yeah. affects muscle movement um, and strength and all that stuff. So I have a lot of similarities to um, somebody with spinal cord injury, but there's also a lot of differences. But I've always found um, a lot of friends in the spinal cord injury community because we do yeah. just have a lot in common just based on um, just challenges that we encounter every day as wheelchair users or um, just somebody with a disability. Absolutely. So. Having an acquired, having an acquired disability, I think and it, and whether it's your disability or my disability, if you have that memory of before and then after, I think it's so important, you know, to talk to people. So Absolutely. thanks for sharing. So, okay. So obviously you drove before your disability came around, right? I did. Yes. Okay. And I was a fairly good driver, although sometimes my family may disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was a good driver. Um, and you know, I was, I had been driving for, um, you know, 15 years at that point. So, um, when I got sick and then, yeah. to then return to driving again with a, with a different body kind of, you know, so to speak kind of thing yeah. where my abilities were so different and in, but my instinct was to use the, the gas pedal. Like my foot wanted to move to, to put the right. on and shift into you know, reverse or whatever. Um, so it's almost, it's very much retraining your brain 
to do, you know, and muscle memory, like break that muscle memory. So, so that was kind of my, one of my later questions, like what was the hardest thing about it? So retraining your brain pretty much sounds like yeah. that was one of the harder parts. Yes, it was definitely um, retraining um, my brain for sure. And I think in addition to retraining that brain and that muscle memory, yeah. it was also just believing in myself yeah. and having the confidence to know that I could do it yeah. and that there are devices that make it possible. Yeah. And just like having that confidence and, and just believing my, in myself. So that was, that was what took me two and a half years to get to that point. Okay. Like I did not drive for two and a half years after no. um, I was injured. And yeah. a lot of that was out of fear that I was afraid of going back on the road because I didn't want to put myself or other people in danger. Um, but honestly, once I got out there, I was yeah. like this, I was being silly and ridiculous. I should have done it way sooner. Um, oh, that's so so, yeah. but now so, I'm, and that is what I like to hear. I was afraid too. And I think having like the right adaptive driving lessons and people to help you out is so key. So can you tell us about who helped you and how that went for you? Yeah. Yeah. So being in the Boston area, um, I went with, um, a, uh, vendor called the central mass safety council. Okay. Um, and they worked with the rehab facility that I went through. Um, I had an OT and occupational therapist evaluation and both the occupational therapist and the driving instructor, yeah. um, were all certified rehab driving instructors. Oh, cool. Um, so you can't just get anybody, um, kind of any, regular occupational therapist to, to kind of do this process with you. So it has to be certified. Okay. Um, and so I went through the driving school, uh, okay. because there are so few driving instructors that are certified uh -huh. rehab driving instructors, yeah. the, the wait can sometimes be a long time. I had to wait like 10 to 12 weeks for my, really? wow. yeah, my first lesson. So that's what I okay. like to tell people about that. You know, it's going to take time. So go into it with patience, but know that everything that you're doing, you're as long as you're keeping on top of it yourself, like you're heading in the right direction. So um, can I can I interrupt you for one second? Like when you how, how long were the lessons when you go in? Is it like a half hour, an hour long? It was an hour and a half long session, okay. and okay. I, and I think the reason why they schedule them for an hour and a half long is because. When, uh, so I use, I borrowed a van because it wasn't, uh, my vehicle wasn't modified yet. So, right. um, I'm actually waiting for it to be modified right now. So I'm super Ooh. excited to get it back. <laughs> um, so I, I used, a um, I, uh, borrowed the van that the school was able to, um, uh, obtain for me to use. Yeah. And, um, when the driver, when the, the driving instructor drives the vehicle to you, he has to get there and he has to take the seat out oh, and yeah. modify it for you to then be able to drive. So it right. takes a few minutes at the beginning for him to set things up and then you get in and drive. And usually I was out on the road anywhere between like 45 minutes to an hour, maybe something else okay. a little bit longer, depending. Okay. Um, and then afterwards he has to then break things down and get things ready for himself to go on. So, you know, out in the Boston area, you know, the Spalding Rehab Center? Yes. I know them very well. <laughs> so I'm just curious, do they have adaptive driving through their program too? Or how, how come you chose with your program? 
Yeah, so I went through Spalding Rehab with the occupational therapist. Okay. And they, um, they were the ones that connected me to Central oh, Mass Safety Council. Okay, okay. I had a feeling that might happen. That's good to know. So for advice out there, talk to your OTs and your acute rehab, and they will send you in the right direction. Right, and your physiatrist, too. If you have a physiatrist, um, that's who I initially went through first, um, just when I started talking about whether... Um, I was even eligible. So sometimes right. some people may not even have like the right medical conditions. So sometimes if people have really bad spasms, I they may not be really eligible just because of safety reasons. Um, okay. But yeah. I think that there were also some new um, driving equipment out there that there maybe is. it's not, um, you know, maybe it's not an issue anymore. So speaking of which, now I know since you have kind of hands like mine, not completely, but your hands are somewhat paralyzed. So let's talk about, you know, what you use um, in, in front of you for your steering and stuff and your hand controls. Yes, yes. So I went with a, a, um, a left-sided um, push-pull uh, mechanical um, driving control. So that's where I brake and I gas with the left hand. And then uh, with my right hand, I use a tri-pin that's on the steering wheel. Yeah. Um, so that kind of helps to secure my wrist and um, my fingers where it needs to be on the steering wheel. So I'm driving with one hand on the wheel and then the other one is doing the gas and the brake. Awesome. Um, and because I have run out of hands now, I don't have any <laughs> hands to turn on the blinker or honk the horn, things right. like that. Yeah. We have to start thinking about other body parts oh, and so we have a left elbow button. Yep. 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 I'm and all about the left elbow when I drive too. Do you have a, do you have a button or what do you use? Um, so I'm, yeah, so I have a button, but it's, it's, um, it's right on my left. It's going to be like attached to the door. Yeah. And so I hit it once it will honk the horn. If I hit it and hold it for, you know, two seconds, two beeps or whatever it is, it will, it will do my left blinker, yeah. three of the right blinker. And then it will also go through like all the secondary, um, secondary motions, I guess, or yeah. whatever they're um, but, uh, which are like windshield wipers, um, and the washer fluid and, um, uh, what's the last one? It is uh, cruise control. Yeah. So I know that you stay and you also stay in your wheelchair, of course, right? You use the easy lock system. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So I'll have the easy lock system. Um, so that's great. I know that there's also, um, uh, some individuals that use the swivel chairs that will yep. scoop over and just sit in the actual, um, vehicle chair. Um, but because I'm driving a, a power wheelchair, I, I am going to stay in my chair. So how's your driving? You know, how do you feel pretty good now behind the wheel now that you passed? Yeah, I do. I feel really confident. So I had about nine hours of driving lessons, which doesn't really seem like a lot, but because I was a driver before, right. it really came back to me, um, yeah. somewhat quickly. Um, the only thing is I, I did feel like I was 16 years old again, because it's like, <laughs> you have to stop before the line and yeah. then you move forward. And, um, and so there's like all these things that you need to be aware of because they're going to test you on it. So you yeah, can't go back to your kind of like casual habits <laughs> that you might've had before yeah. when you were more confident, um, and driving for a lot longer. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's just one of the well, that's great. And so did you pass your test the first time? I did. I did. And I actually, because I am a little superstitious, <laughs> I, I wanted to know all the details, like what if, just in case. Yeah. So I said, well, what if I don't pass it? Like how much, how much longer do I have to wait to pass it again? Okay. Okay. And I was in Massachusetts anyways. Um, 
my driving instructor said that they usually will reschedule it that day. Then you reschedule a couple nice. more driving sessions. Okay. And they, they, sorry, they don't reschedule it for that day, but they'll reschedule oh. it for you for, you know, within about right. three weeks. And so you're able to get back out again. And so I at least knew, okay, if I didn't pass it that day, then it would only be about three more weeks. So I didn't, I only told like three people that I was taking the test too. Oh my God. That is awesome. I'm so happy you passed it the first time. You know, I failed mine the first time and it really was sad. So good for you for passing it the first time. I bet you felt really good. <laughs> it was a relief just to have it over with, you know. And in the state of Massachusetts, on your driver's license, does it say you have hand, use hand controls or whatever? So that is one of the things that I was going to mention too is, um, I'm not sure what the difference was, but yeah. for me, my driver's license was actually taken away from me when I, when I was injured. Really? So I know a lot of people who have spinal cord injuries who never have no. their license taken away. This does, no, this doesn't happen so, usually. What the hell? It's really interesting that, you know, so people still think, okay, I have my driver's license. Let me just go on Amazon, buy some adaptive equipment. <laughs> That's and I cannot discourage that enough. Like, no. yeah. be, mm -hmm. first of all, you're probably not going to be properly trained on it, but no. also, uh, believe it or not, those devices are actually prescriptions. Yep. So your adaptive equipment is a prescriptive device. So true. So mm -hmm. you, it needs to come from, uh, you know, a, a, a driving instructor or yeah. occupational therapist, somebody who knows exactly what you need. Exactly. Um, mm -hmm. But also I think most importantly is if you are ever in an accident, I mean, hopefully that would never happen, but yeah. if you are, and even if it's not your fault, if the insurance companies ever find out that you're driving without any sort of restrictions oh, yeah. or on your license, it's really not good. No. Um, and it potentially mm -hmm. could be pinned on you yeah. regardless of whether or not it was your fault. So yeah, yeah. very good those advice. Are some really important things to think about. Um, yes. Because of like, I, I didn't, I did have my license taken away, but not everybody does. Yeah. No. Well, that's some really good advice. Yeah. Don't go out and just buy hand controls and just think no. you can do it because if you're a lot of times I bet you some paraplegics especially think that they can just you know do that kind of thing but you're right there's there's a certain things you should have an expert teach you exactly definitely that's yeah. awesome well thanks for that advice so I think we're almost done I was just going to ask since you haven't really been driving yet I don't think you have too many funny stories about driving on the road again but maybe I'll have you back in a year from now and you could tell us about some yeah. crazy stuff that's happened to you yeah, definitely, definitely. um and I guess is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go I don't think that there's really too much else. I just okay. really wanted to, um, you know, really just encourage people to, if you're scared, don't be, you know, just, just trust yourself and know that this is going to be the door to freedom. You are oh, yeah. going to be able to, I mean, I am just so excited to get my van back so I can go to Target anytime I want. <laughs> Target runs. Yes. And you're, I know that is huge, right? The small things. It's, you know, I, I'm so like kind of over having to wait for a paratransit or my PCA to drive me somewhere. And no. I just want to do what I want when I want. And it's going to be amazing. You're and my right. second thing is just to um, you know reiterate what we were just talking about. And that's yeah make sure that you follow the process that your state requires. Like it does take time. It does take some money. Yeah. There are some grant funding programs out there yeah. Yeah. and vehicle modifications. Um, but just do it the right way so that you're covering yourself and you don't find yourself in trouble later on. So 
Awesome. That is excellent advice. Thank you, Heather. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And thank you again for having me. This is so exciting. For sure. We'll have you back soon, okay? All right. Sounds great. Right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. On the computer. All right. So, hey, Mike. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. So, um, I don't know a lot about your injury. So, I think we should start from the beginning. Okay. Um, my injury occurred, I actually just had my 20th anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, so my injury occurred, um, started on December 23rd, actually 1999. Okay. Um, I went to a party, I got dropped off. I was trying to do the responsible thing. Um, I was actually 18 years old at the time. I'd just come home from my first semester, um, in college. And like I said, I got dropped off at a friend's house at a party. And at some point after I'd had a couple drinks, um, I made the unfortunate choice of borrowing a friend's car. Um, I left the, his house. I drove his car to my house to get into my car. And the last thing I remember was lighting a cigarette up before leaving my house that I had grown up in and everything. Mm -hmm. And... I apparently passed out behind the wheel um, on like about like less than a half a mile from my house on the road that I drove every day to and from my house. You know what I mean? Like, like theoretically the road that you could say, oh my God, you could blindfold me and I could drive this road. You know what I mean? <laughs> apparently that's not the case. <laughs> um, so I ended up passing out behind the wheel and they thought my foot hit the accelerator okay. so at one point the road just kind of bent and my car went off sideways oh, no. and the back passenger side of my vehicle hit a large rock that was like marking the entrance to a driveway it was sitting up on like a concrete block and then it was just a large decorative rock I ended up in the back seat the people that came to the accident to get me out of the car probably saved my life okay. um, just from taking precautions and stuff like that. But then they took me to the hospital at this point of the day. It was like two o'clock in the morning on Christmas Eve. Now mm -hmm. um, my mom uh, was actually a registered nurse and worked at the hospital that they were taking me to. Um, but she was actually home sleeping. She worked first shift the next day. So she had no idea until she got like that call from the hospital. Like you need to get here quickly. Like your son's been in an accident. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was probably not a great experience for her. Um, I know it was horrible. So, but I, I survived initially. Like they, my mom and dad were actually like laying across me. I, the anesthesiologist that was on call didn't show up on time and mm -hmm. I was sitting up with a broken back. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty traumatic and pretty terrible at first. That sounds like really crazy. So yeah. how long were you in the hospital for? Um, I was in the hospital then I got out. This was in December. I woke up on my birthday, which is January 11th. Mm -hmm. um, of 2000. So I missed Y2K and everything. <laughs> and then I didn't come home for good until about May of that year. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so what level are you? 
I'm two six. So, and you were how old at your time of your injury? Like twenty? I was eighteen, actually. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's been a while. You've been injured for a long time. Right. Yeah. Like I said, it's twenty years. Okay. So I think for you, you've been injured for so long. This is really great to have you on because you can talk about the really clear mind without being too sad about it. Right. Right. I like that. So, okay, so you, of course, were 18. You wanted to get back into driving shore right, right. away, right? Right. Because that's the topic. So let's kind of go right into that because I think a lot of rehab facilities can be a little bit harder to find for rehab, like driving specialists. So where did you go? I actually went to a private um, driving uh, training school. Um okay. I, like I said, it's out here in Pennsylvania and it wasn't, it was just a guy that, that taught, you know, everybody to drive, but he happened to be certified in teaching people to drive with hand controls also. Oh, great. And I met him, um, through a rehab facility. Okay. Okay. And how did that go? Tell us about it. Um, it was exciting. It was, it had been at least, oh, I had been driving for almost three years when I got in my accident. Cause back then I'm so old that back then you could go get your permit in Pennsylvania. You could apply for your permit the day you turned 16 wow. and you could literally go back and take your test to drive the next day and get a license where you had no restrictions. Like there was no midnight or anything like that. Like, that sounds good. So mm-hmm. I was driving almost for three years when I got in my accident and then it was almost it was actually a little more than three years until I drove again with hand controls. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's a long time. It's a long time. Oh my God. It was, yeah. And it was, it seemed longer than that because you know what I mean? Like you yeah. drive because you're independent, whether you, you walk or you don't, right? Like. It's so true. You can't get uh, anywhere in public transportation where I'm from. Uh, here. Yeah. So what was it like when you first started driving with hand controls? Um, you know, people ask me that and it really, it was never difficult for me. Like I have a very basic setup. Like I said, I'm T6, so I have full range of motion and dexterity in my, my arms, my upper body, my fingers and all that. Okay. Only my, my biggest limitation as far as driving is, is balance. Okay. Just because like I said, as far I T6 is about halfway down your back maybe a little, a little lower going down, mm-hmm. but um, that would be the only difficulty to me in driving because, you know, you're driving, like you can't really control gravity when your car is turning and stuff like that. So That is tricky. Yeah. So what, what kind of hand control do you use just so for people want to know? I have a basic, like mine is set up for my left hand to do it. I'm, I'm right-handed, okay. um, but the mechanism, I mean, I don't want to tell people how to drive, but technically you're supposed to drive with only one foot, right? And, <laughs> and I don't even remember which foot I used to drive with when, when I drove without hand controls, but I don't know, using my non-dominant hand feels very comfortable. So okay. yeah. mine are set up for the left hand and it's a very simple push and pull okay. where I pull it down toward the floor or I push it toward toward right. as if you're pushing the accelerator uh, for the brake, and I pull it kind of toward me for the gas. Awesome! Is it pretty intuitive? 
Um, it is, and it doesn't, I mean, and when I've had other people, you know, attempt to use them, mm -hmm. um, some are much more adventurous than others, you know, like in a parking lot or something. Oh, but LA, yeah. What's that? Do you ever let people like out of LA drive your car? No, I've, I've, you know what? Twice in a parking in a situation at a casino, mm -hmm. um, they did do do the valet. But you can drive my car without the hand controls. So yeah, same with that's me. What I tell everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, other people think it's difficult, and they're like, "Well, I would get so confused." And I said, "Well, yeah, but you don't think about it when you drive with your feet. It's the same thing almost." Like I said, it was very easy for me to get used to it from from the beginning. Well, I'm glad it was so easy. So, what kind of car do you have? I have a 2014 uh, Pontiac Toyota, or Pontiac, 2014 Toyota Sienna. Okay, so is that an easy car to transfer into, or do you use the ramp, or what do you do? I have, I, it's a side entry for me, Okay. because I don't, I don't know, I don't, I've never used anything other than side entry. Okay, cool. But... Um, this is a side entry, so I my passenger sliding door opens and it's ramp, and I nice. go in the ramp. Nice, nice. And I turn around, and then I transfer actually into a driver's seat. Yeah. My driver's seat goes like front and back and swivels around and lets me turn it so I can transfer into it. So why did you decide to do a van over a car? Mm -hmm. Well, I've I've tried cars before. Like I one time after. Uh, a mechanical issue in my van um i my insurance paid for a rental car okay and it was uh, uh, some sort of pontiac g6 or something like that it was a nice car oh yeah um but the the van allows me to use my power chair which i use regularly when i go out just because it enables me to carry more things and oh, go yeah. further distances and not not be a mess if it's raining or snowing or yeah yeah um and um i said when i had the rental car in the in the sedan situation you know like i said if it rains or snows and you're outside to transfer in and pull the chair across you and <laughs> no thank you mess, right and a lot no, of people no. don't have the the dexterity or the the upper body strength to do that so that's what did it for me. I, and I don't know. I've met other people in wheelchairs who call me, I don't want to say call me, but feel that it's lazy or, you know, really? I, mean? like, really? Yeah. I don't think yeah. that's very nice. Well, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion and stuff, but. I think that when you can't move your legs, you can't move your legs. And if you want right. to use a ramp, you have every reason to use a ramp. So. Right, right. I agree. You can move your awesome. arm normally. I am um, had a yoga teacher who's paraplegic, transferred himself for decades, yeah. but finally got a minivan because it's like, screw this, my shoulders hurt. Right. I mean, that's that's how I look at it. Like, you, you, if you, when you transfer enough times, like your shoulders hurt already. You know what I mean? Like, why? I mean, I contemplate mm -hmm. even replacing the 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 factory driver's seat in my van sometimes because I'm like to go anywhere, you know, I'm transferring four times just to leave the house, go get gas and come home. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no way. Like, I don't know. It, I, it, it's, it's better probably for, for certain things to, to keep transferring, yeah. but who knows? Whatever. You can transfer yourself into bed at night and feel good about yourself. Yeah, right. 
Um, okay, I you know wish I could transfer into a car once in a while. Like I have a minivan, right? I wish I had like a convertible for fun. Well, you know? of course, right, right. I couldn't drive it even if I wanted to. Though. I mean, if I live somewhere that warm and that dry, like like the Southwest, I think I would I I would definitely attempt to buy a convertible for a second car. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? I know. Yeah. So what other, um, like as a disabled driver, I know you've had some crazy stuff happen to you with maybe getting pulled over by a cop or someone not realizing you're a disabled driver. Do you have any stories you want to share? Um, let's see. I, <laughs> here's one. So I ran out of gas once, twice on my way home from work, like in one day. What? And what do you do when you don't walk? Like, so I worked. I worked an hour from where I lived at the time. Okay. Oh, and no. I had, I literally passed the one exit on the on the highway I was on between work and home to get gas. So I ran out of gas, still in New Jersey, like uh -huh. well, still like forty five minutes from my home. So I called AAA because I had it, thankfully, and they came out and they gave me gas. And I explained to them before they even came out, I said, I apologize and I'm not trying to take advantage of, of anyone, but understand I'm not going to pass another gas station if all you bring out is what you're telling me, like a quarter of a gallon, like whatever gallon, like they might have brought a gallon, right? Yeah, yeah. And they just said there was nothing they could do. So I literally had to call them back. And um, they resolved it. Like they they came out again, but I mean, if they wouldn't have, I don't know how I would have gotten home to this to this point. Was it like the winter time too? No, it was actually in over the summer. So there was I had that going for me. Well, still, you can't push yourself down the freeway. Well, not only that, but there was nowhere on this on the stretch of mm -hmm. highway that that I was on or that I had to travel. Yeah. Like literally, both places I came to a stop, there wasn't room to for me to get out. And like go oh, anywhere God. anyway. You you're know what I mean? Like yeah, you're totally you're trapped. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's a good tip. Always keep your gas filled. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So um, I guess you know, as a disabled driver, I think another thing I want to talk about is just what it means to you. You know, driving. A lot of people when they ask, you know, who wanted to be on the show, they're like, oh man, driving is like so much more important to me. Now, you know, it's more like therapeutic. Some people just said it was just, it was really good for them mentally. So do you have anything to share on that at all? Driving absolutely is independence and freedom and it's empowering even. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is just to, to be able to get out of your four walls. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, but some days it's raining and you can't just go for a, a, a walk or a roll around the block, you know what right. I mean? To clear your head. Right. And like I said, to, to get out, like the internet is wonderful and the ability to reach out, like for mm -hmm. people like you and me to, yeah. to do something like this is awesome. Okay. But you know, for somebody in a wheelchair or anybody with any disability, if you, yeah. if you can't get, somewhere that you need to go to you're never gonna network you're never gonna work you're never gonna you know you're never gonna be able to go to doctor's appointments like i mean depending on other people and public transportation i mean that was for me the biggest thing like when i before i drove 
I had gone back to college like immediately. Mm -hmm. So for the first two and a half years I was going to school, I got, you know, I got taken by like accessible public transportation. Yeah. And you know, some days they're early, some days they're late. Like, I mean, thank goodness for them that because yeah. I wouldn't yeah. have gotten here without them. True. But at the same time, like, you know, being able, once I got my license and a, and a vehicle that I could use myself and get to and from, like, it just changes your whole outlook and perspective on life and what you can do. Yeah, it does. I just love the feeling being on the road. There's something like very freeing. Like I can't use my legs, but the wheels can move, you know? Right. Right. I feel like I'm running. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like it's, it's the fastest you can go. Like sometimes it just feels good to like do that when you have an open stretch of road too. I know. I've been known to speed a little bit. I think it feels too good. That must be a thing because I definitely <laughs> drive faster than average. Um, I did get, I did get pulled mm -hmm. over one cop for pulled me, that pulled me over for speeding. Let me go. Okay. I don't know if it was wheelchair Jason or not or related. <laughs> wheelchair Jason. I'll take it, I'll take it if, if that's what it was. Um, but another time, it definitely did not matter. And I got, I got multiple tickets. Um, actually, in the rental car that I told you about, the man, the when I used my manual chair and stuff. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was, it was a quick rental car. It was a Pontiac G6. Cool. And I definitely did want to experience like a little green like burst of speed. Oh, no. And mm -hmm. yeah, definitely got pulled over and clocked at like eighty something. But <laughs> like that was definitely I had seen him long before he got me on radar. So <laughs> I think we could do a whole show though. I I bet you though a lot of wheelchair users get tickets kind of waved once the officer knows you're in a wheelchair. Don't you feel like that's a thing? I Honestly, I wish I did. I don't necessarily. Like I said, it hasn't been my experience. Like okay. I've gotten, I've gotten multiple tickets. Seriously? Okay. Yeah. And, and I said one, one of one of them that I'm specifically remembering was like, it was like doing 66 in a 60. You know what I mean? Like oh, it, was, it wasn't really being nice. Right? No. Right. Like, I was like, yeah. really? That's a dick move right there. Right. I, I don't like that. No, I don't know. Maybe it's like a, a girl. Cause I had a couple cops just like, let me go. So, well, look, girls, women, women do better overall. My mom tells me that my mom, yeah. my mom had a cop follow her for over two miles. He told her and she didn't even realize it she was shocked when she was pulled over wow and, and he let her go and told her basically slow down and one of your lights out. she was probably doing like literally speeding through a certain stretch of road that he followed her on and he still didn't ticket her and she's gotten pulled over multiple times for like like a light a license plate bulb or a tail light being out and never gotten a ticket so Wow. Well, you talk about white privilege too. Being white kind of helps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I should have <laughs> um, but that's pretty cool. I know. Um, so at least we're having fun on the roads and enjoying ourselves. I like that. So um, do you have anything, final thoughts to share on driving disability? You know, any you know, advice to people that are maybe thinking about driving? Do it. Um, I mean, absolutely. Like, you don't know, like it sounds cliche, but like you don't know what you're missing by not being able to get yourself where you need to be. I mean, if you live in a big city and, and mass transit is accessible and reliable and, and fits your needs, I mean, that would be awesome. I would love 
Yeah. Honestly, I, I am super envious of Europe and Asia, apparently, because oh, every transit is super, super like high speed and, and modern and on time. Yeah. And, and accessible. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, when people build new and, and, you know, systems and like infrastructure, like it's all accessible. And yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know why we're not doing this. I live, you know. I literally live less than an hour away, like in, in a suburb of Philadelphia. Um, okay. And there, there isn't a train I can take from where anywhere close to where I live to take me to Philadelphia. Are you kidding me? Is that not crazy? Are you kidding me? And not a single train. <laughs> not a single train. And there's tracks. Okay. There, there are tracks everywhere. That's embarrassing. It is. But so that's what I said. That's why driving, that's what my mm-hmm. advice would be is if you're in a situation where where mass transit or, you know, public public transportation isn't isn't accessible. It's a must. Should, yeah, it is a must. I mean, as long as it's financially... You know, you know, that's the thing. A lot of people don't have the means, and I feel so bad for people that don't. And I know that there are financial sort resources. Like, did you get any help from vocational rehab? No, I didn't. And um, that's that's a weird... Like vocational rehab, my experience with vocational rehab, whether it was, you know, from, from the very beginning and help with home mods mm-hmm. to um, later help with a, a potential vehicle, yeah, um, they didn't do anything for me personally. Like, I think they gave me some money for, for school. Right. It was like 500 bucks a semester or something like that for a couple of years. Um, but... I never got help with housing or vehicle mod- for for a vehicle help. They told me mm-hmm. if I if I went back and got a master's in vocational rehab, <laughs> that they, they would potentially really pay pay for me to get a vehicle if I would do that and agree to sign a contract and work for them for like three years or something like that. Oh gosh, and I was like, that's no. kind of silly. You know what I mean? I was like, no. That's not great. Yeah. So. Okay, that's too bad. Well, I think some people have used crowdfunding nowadays to raise money. Not that I, mean, I had my family help. So, but yeah. you know, and also too, I know that some van shops offer loans for people too if they have jobs, right? Right. Um, I actually, I mean, I guess there's a there's a positive and a negative, like everything in life and yeah. and disability especially. But um, I. Like I have a decent interest rate on, on a vehicle loan. That's super long term. Like I had my first three vans were, um, used and very dated. Um, so eventually I was in a position that I could afford to buy a brand new one and it's, I'm financing it for 10 years. Wow. But you know what? Right. You don't need another new car. Make sure you're careful. Right. And that's what Mm -hmm. I said. I mean, even if you have to replace certain aspects of the modification, if the rest of the van, I don't, I don't currently, I'm not working currently. So I'm not Mm -hmm. putting mileage on like crazy. You know what I mean? Like it's about to be six years old and I have like 40,000 miles on it. You know what I mean? So see, that's one of the benefits too. The cars do last longer. Right. Yeah, yeah. I hope you have indoor parking for your car. I don't. And that's 
we're, we're, we're attempting to move in the next like six months and that would be great. But okay. yeah, there's definitely no indoor parking now. All right. All right. Well, that's all. I'll talk about later. So guys, thank you for sharing. You know, I think it's really good to talk to people about their driving experiences. Sounds like yeah. for you, it's been pretty easy sailing. It's yeah, it's been pretty smooth transition for me. Like I said, I, got my license then again after I got hand controls and I, that that's funny to me too, because there's no designation on my actual driver's license. Really? Without using hand controls. No. I know. I, there's not on mine either. Really? I know. Yeah. But who knows? All right. Well, let's go with that. We don't want to have to go back to the DMV, do we? Right. No, definitely not. <laughs> So thanks again, and um, hey, have a great rest of the winter. Drive carefully. You too. Be safe, and look, I'll be on the lookout. But if there's ever any other topics or things that I could lend yes. a hand to, I will, I will reach out. Absolutely, Michael. We will see you again on this show. I hope very soon. All right. Take care. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Talk to you later. All right. Hey, everybody. So we are back with Kenneth. He is from Green Bay, Wisconsin, and he's a paraplegic. And I'm excited to have him on because he makes customized hand controls. Hey, Kenneth, welcome. Uh, thank you. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for talking about your injury and your in driving post-injury. I know it's kind of be, it's a little bit, you know, personal. And so thank you for, for coming on. And so if you don't mind, let's start with how you were, you're, you're injured. I know you've been a paraplegic for a while, right? Yeah, it's been about 20 years now. Wow. Okay, so how were you injured? It was a car accident in T10. T10, all right. Are you a complete injury? Yes, it's complete. Okay, so wow. So you were how old then at the time of your injury? 19 at the time. All right, so I imagine you were driving a lot before your injury. Yes, yeah. yeah. And were you a big driving, like fan of driving and everything before your yeah. accident? Yeah, yeah, I've always been into cars. Okay, what kind of cars? Uh, mostly Volkswagens. Mostly Volkswagens, which is an interesting car to be in as an American. I think yeah. it's kind of cool. So we'll talk about that in a second. But so after your injury, you're 19. And so at your level of injury, it's kind of a little bit easier to get back into the driver's seat. But for you, how long did you wait after your injury to drive again? Uh, I was probably out of the hospital for about two weeks and started shopping for cars and found one you really that fast yeah. so yeah. did you have to go through a driving specialist to get certified to drive again uh no i just uh, had to retake my road test oh you did you did yeah. did they kind of have to look at your hand controls and all that stuff or uh they didn't have to they didn't really look at them that much they just had to make sure everything was in proper working order but that's okay awesome. i i was under the, the assumption that you had to go get certified by an a specialized person to have your controls like um, verified as safe was that not the case in wisconsin then um well most of my cars are newer so i've got actual off-the-shelf hand controls but oh, on the okay. older ones okay. in wisconsin the cars are supposed to meet the safety regulations of the year of the car so okay okay so, so like, that's there weren't really there weren't really any hand control this back in, back in the day. day. So yeah. where in the heck do you buy hand controls? So I imagine you're newly injured 20 years ago and you're just going to buy hand controls and put them in a car. Is that really what you did? Yeah. Yeah. You can find use sets on like Craigslist and eBay and stuff like that. Okay. From other people that are paralyzed trying to make money or that kind of thing. 
or people that buy a car from someone that's paralyzed and they left the hand controls in the car. That's cool. Is there a lot out there on the market? Um, they pop up once in a while, probably once every couple of months, a set will show up on like Craigslist. So how, do you, how do you verify that they're, you know, good and safe to use? Um, you just kind of look at them. If, if they got the, the serial number, you know, they're an actual off the shelf manufactured part. Yeah. And then you just kind of go through and make sure all the bushings are good and all the pivots okay. and everything is loose, not loose and everything okay. is tight and works good. Do you have a, a favorite brand for anyone that's out there and, and newly injured wondering where to go or what to buy? Um, I like the, they're the MPD mm -hmm. brand controls. Okay. They seem to, seem to be, they fit well. They're pretty universal. So I can, well, I go through a lot of cars, so they switch from car to car pretty well. So this is really interesting about you. Not many paraplegics out there, I don't think, switch cars as often as you do. So are you yeah. just a car, you're a gearhead. So you, how many cars do you have? Uh, right now, I have about five that are in running condition. That's pretty crazy. And so you use the same hand controls for each vehicle? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll, wow. I'll switch. And then I'll, I, well, right now, I've got hand controls in each vehicle, but Okay. The hand controls in my daily driver have been in probably 10 different cars so far. So. That's crazy. So it must be pretty easy to swap them out, or is it just easy for you since you've been doing it? For for anyone who's wondering, gosh, this guy must be really good. Could I do it? Um, The hardest part is basically the bracket that mounts underneath the dash. Because okay. that's different from car to car. Okay. So, so sometimes I'll have to have a different bracket fabricated for that. Oh, Otherwise, really? okay. yeah, everything else is straightforward. That's crazy. You know, I am a quadriplegic, so I use a lot more complicated driving stuff. But for someone of your level of injury, do you even need anything more than just the hand controls? Like, like anything for the brakes? I'm sorry, the blinkers or the auxiliaries? Um, I adapted pretty well, so I can okay. use my, I, I write, use them by right hands for the hand controls, and then I just kind of just kind of slide, slide my hand over to the other side to run the blinkers. That's pretty cool. You know, humans are very, very adaptable. I, I feel like most people, if they really want to get behind the wheel, to figure out a way and for you, this is cool. So how did you decide that you want to make custom hand controls for your, for your bug? Because that's what I think I was so interested about when you told me about this. So let's talk about, first of all, why a Volkswagen bug? Because bug? those things are really little. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I've always been into Volkswagen because my dad has had Volkswagen, so I've been around him growing up. Oh, so. all right. Your dad was a Volkswagen fan. Did he have a bug or did he have other, did he have the, the big wagon? Well, he's got, he's had quite a few of the bugs and a couple of the, the buses. So. Oh, cool. So, geez, Louise, I'm just trying to imagine as a paraplegic transferring into a VW bug, was it hard at first getting into it? It's it's not too bad just because okay. actually like it's a little bit easier than some of the newer cars because the newer cars have a wider door sill. Oh, so yeah. you have a you got a higher further place to to transfer to whereas in the bug it's fairly close to the seat. So forgive me because I'm not you're a lot probably more educated on this technology a, a part of cars and stuff. But how come your typical hand controls didn't work in the VW Bug? Uh, the Bug there the the pedals are hinged from the floor instead oh. of being hinged from the underneath the dash. Okay. So, so that didn't quite, they didn't quite line up. They, they would work, but it just wasn't 
didn't feel very safe or comfortable. So. Okay. So you took it upon yourself to build completely customized hand controls. So that's pretty crazy. So was it hard to do? Did you have any help doing it? Um, well, my uncle owns a metal fab shop, so I was able to get some of the the custom metal stuff bent up there, but I do AutoCAD. So I I drew stuff up in AutoCAD and then had him build it. Is this like your main job? Do you do this for money? Uh, I don't build the hand controls for money, but I do the AutoCAD for money. That's pretty great. So, well, I mean, so as a driver, you know, who can't walk, have you ran into any crazy stories while you've been driving? People think you can walk and then give you, you know, any issues when you're parking in handicap parking or anything crazy like that? When you're in, because I know when you're in a normal car like that, people probably have no yeah. idea that, you know, you're a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had a few of those where people kind of give me dirty looks because I've had like sports cars before. When you pull up into a oh, handicap yeah. spot with, with a <laughs> uh, sports car, they give you a pretty dirty look. So. I bet they do. But I bet you get a lot of questions too from people that just want to know more yeah, about what you're yeah. up to. Are you yes. more than happy to explain to people what you're doing and how you do it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet kids love to see your cars. Yeah, yes. Especially with the bug everybody talks about because everybody's had one or their parents have had one or something like that. So. Is it one of the old ones or one of the new ones? One of the old ones. That's right. Yeah, of course, because they have the weird hand foot pedals. Does that mean it's yeah. like a 1960s something or a 70s? Yeah. 1964. 64. Holy moly, that's an old one. Yeah. Is it orange? It's red. It's red. My dad had an orange VW bug, and I remember him having to push it down the road to get it to start. <laughs> yeah, my dad's had some like that, too. <laughs> so you're pretty, you know, I just talked to a quadriplegic before I had you on, and she had so many more adaptations. So it's really cool to get both perspectives of someone, you know, that yeah. does tank controls and can just make it work. So for you, I think for you, I want to kind of ask just one more question. I mean, you are so able to, you know, use different cars and stuff. So what kind of cars would you just recommend for someone who's shopping and not sure what to get? Okay. Well, the first thing is probably something with a big enough door opening. So usually a two door is better, but there are some four doors that have a good sized opening. Okay. Like I had a, a Subaru Forester yeah. a while back and that had a, the door opening was, wasn't as wide, but it was high enough. Okay. that you could get the wheelchair through that way oh, yeah. so That's basically the, the door opening is the big one and then the other one is the width of the door sill because okay. if you have a difficulty transferring you want a narrower door sill narrow door sill okay and so the super forester is the one car you'll recommend but are there any other cars you'd like to give shout outs to um i've had volkswagen golfs the two doors are those work pretty good really good too. and i'm trying to think what else did i have any trucks or SUV, any bigger SUVs work for you, or is that just too hard? Um, I've had one SUV, and it, it works out all right, but mm -hmm. the ground, since they're higher off the ground, it makes the transfer a little bit more difficult that way. Yeah, why strain your shoulders every day, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. So um, you're quite the experienced driver. I feel like if anyone's out there may have any questions, could they write and ask you any questions? What's your email address? Yeah. It's vwfreak at hotmail.com. That's vwfreek well, at vwfreak at hotmail.com. I love it. That's perfect. Well, thanks for sharing your, your, your insight into hand controls. You're quite 
uh, an expert on it. And thanks, and, you know, and if anyone's listening, Kenneth Folkman, right? That's the name. Yes. Yep. That's the name. All right. Thank you, Ken. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. Have a great right. day, too. Yep. Bye. Hey, everybody. So we are joined by our very last guest for our, our show this month on Adaptive Driving. We're uh, joined by Kimberly. Hey, Kimberly, how's it going? Hey, it's good. How are you? Doing fabulous. I'm glad that you're uh, talking about your adaptive driving uh, journey with us. I know that you recently got your driver's license, right? Yes, I did. Oh, that's so cool. So before we go right into all of that, why don't you just talk about where you're from, how old are you, and uh, your, your, your injury and how it happened? Yeah, sure. Okay. Hey, everybody. So I'm Kimberly Ivory. I'm from Houston, Texas, and I was injured in 2009. I was 18 years old, okay. and it happened when I was a freshman in college. Oh. And sorry, mm-hmm. it happened when I was a freshman in college. Okay. And freshman. Wow. Okay. Yes, I was a freshman, and what happened was I was with some of my classmates, and we were going to a football game. And we got in the car, we were headed to the game, and for whatever reason, we didn't make it to the game, so we decided to go back to campus. Um, I fell asleep in the car. Mm. One thing led to another. Why the accident happened, I'm not really sure. That's a little fuzzy. But I woke up in the hospital, and they were like, you broke your neck, and I have a C7 spinal cord injury now. C7. So so that means you have some hand movement, right? Yeah, I have a little hand movement, a little bit. Not much. Okay. Okay. So it's been almost 10 years. And so I think I remember on your Instagram post, you had driven before your injury, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I drove a little bit. I got my license when I was 16. Okay. Yeah. So you're an avid driver, and then you had to take this you had your injury, of course. And then let's talk about that. I know you had a super long break after your injury from not driving and how yeah. come you waited so long? Was it because of money or were you afraid to drive again or kind of what was it? That kind it was of- probably a combination. Um, so 10 years, I didn't drive after my injury. It wasn't all my fault. Um, so for about five years after my injury, I really focused on school and that was really my main goal. I was like comfortable getting rides from people, from friends, family. And then probably after the five year mark, I was like, well, you know what? I'm ready to start driving. And I went to, uh, we have a government agency called DARS or TWC. Every state has their own, but I went there and my counselor was kind of like, well, do you have a car? And I didn't, and my parents weren't willing to really buy me a car at that point, and I didn't have the money to buy one, so I figured, let me focus on school, let me finish out, you know, school, then I can pay for my own car, I can kind of, you know, continue on with my driving goals, so that's kind of why I waited. And also, you're saying car, which means you didn't need a van, right? And that's, I'll get to there at that point, but yes, well, they recommended a van, I want a car. So I'm still talking to my counselor about that. We're still trying to figure it out because I really want a car. I don't blame you. Yes, I don't blame you. If I was a C7 quad, I would be all about the car situation too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to, I know that it's more practical to have the van. I get it. You know, she Mm -hmm. talked to me all about, you know, the rainy weather and transferring into a car and how much, you know, it's going to be an inconvenience for me, but I just, I'm dead set on that car. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm That's a big decision. That's a big decision. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Wow. So how did you get directed to this agency? Was it your rehab facility in Houston there? Or how did you find them? Um, for years I knew about them. I okay. probably my, my physical therapist or maybe my cool. occupational therapist told me about yeah. it over They're the really- years. I love being connected with those types of people. And so you're, you went over there and you're like, Hey, I want to drive again. And so what they, what was the process like for just to get set up for someone that's interested in doing it? 
Um, so the process was I had to get um, a doctor's uh, prescription. I had to get that. They sent the prescription over. I had to mm -hmm. fill out a questionnaire kind of in, about my medical diagnosis. And then okay. I went in for an evaluation. And then also the government agency had to pay for it. I okay. had to wait for that. Right. And then yeah. went in for the evaluation so they could yeah. kind of see what all I could do, check my cognitive ability, right. check my ability. Yeah. And they then, yeah. yeah. And then they recommended, I think, 20 hours of driving training. Okay. And then 20 hours. 20 yeah. hours. Okay. 20 hours. Yeah. And that so was let's talk about that. What was it like being behind the wheel again? Um, It was scary. I'm not going to lie. First day. Yeah. I was really scared. Um, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was so used to almost, I know my legs don't move, but I kind of was like trying to move them in a way because that's what I remember. But um, it was a little scared. But then day two, I gained a little bit more confidence and I felt better about it. But it was scary at first. It's a little scary. And were the hand controls hard to use or did you use just the kind of simple, the, the lever pull ones that are under the wheel or what kind did you end up just using? Um, the hand controls that they recommended, I think were, one was called the push rock. Yep. And then the other one was called the tri-pin. Yep. That tri-pin, right. And so, yeah, she said that was a little better for me because, you know, a quad, the steering wheel a little better. Okay. So you're at this point, so you got your license, like, literally, like, last week or? Literally, yeah. So cool. That was How did the test go? Was it hard or did you pass it? Was your first time passing? Yeah, I passed on the first try. It was scary. You know, my driving instructor was like, you know what? You better nail this. You know, she really like scared the life out of me. She was like, okay, for the parallel parking, if you hit anything, you're going to fail. And I had that in my brain. Like the night before I was like, okay, if I hit anything, I'm going to fail. You know, what am I going to do? I got to start all over again. So probably the parallel parking was the hardest part for me. And I did that first. And then once I got past that, it was smooth sailing. That's I was awesome. fine. Mm -hmm. How's your balance when you're driving? Is are you able to keep yourself upright pretty good while you're driving? That's another thing. She recommended a chest strap for me, and I okay. tried to tell her, "Look, I'm fine." When I do my turns, but she's like, "Oh no, I see you moving to the side a little bit," and I'm like, "Oh no, I'm fine." So that's another battle that we have going on. She really wants me to get the chest strap, and no. I'm like, "No." So. My balance is so-so. It's okay. Well, you have your license now, so it's all up to you at this point what you feel comfortable yeah. doing. Mm. Right, right. And that's what she said. At the end of the day, it's up to me. She can recommend it, but it's really yeah. up to me if I want to use it. That's, that's true. great. Well, it's going to be cool to hear about how you, like, in the next six months, maybe talk to you again to see kind of what you ended up, like, preferring and stuff as oh, you're driving. Because yeah. things definitely changed. And you haven't gotten your car yet, right? So you're kind no, of... No, I have All right. So I, my recommendation to you is this, go for the car because you can always get a van later on in life. Get your, get yeah. your car now, transfer yourself for eight years, get a car, get a van when you're an old lady. That's my recommendation to you. That's what I told my evaluator. I was like, you know what? I have years to drive a van right now. I'm 29. I'm relatively young. Right. While I'm still strong, you know. And I'm able to, you know, transfer myself in and out, break my chair down. I mean, I'm not 100% breaking my chair down yet. That's something I'm still working on. But still, I'm still motivated and strong enough. Let yeah. me get the car. I think you, you should do it. I, I, listen, I, in, my, in my other world of life that I wish I, I still could move more, I would be a car girl. I would be totally a car girl. And I can't be a car girl because I'm a stupid minivan girl. But if I could, I'm cheering for you. Get a car. Thank you. Thank you. Right. And, and, and listen, nothing is wrong with the minivan either. I'm, 
listen, if it comes to the point where it, I cannot do it and it's unbearable, I will get the minivan. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with yeah. the van. I'm cool with that. But right now, um, I feel like I can do it. Honestly, you should, you should try it at least since you're so new to driving and then you can decide later on what you want. So, all right. So yeah. I think, you know, this is so cool to talk to someone that's new at driving. So what are you most excited about now that you have your driver's license? What do you want to do with your license? Just go out and just drive and just hang out and enjoy the, the road. Yes. Open road? I, I finally get to play my own music in the car. I have silence. For, for the longest or for 10 years, I've always had somebody in the car with me. So <laughs> this, I cannot wait to just have peace and quiet or mm -hmm. listen to whatever songs I want to or just go where I want to. I just, I cannot wait for that. I'm so excited. That's I the love part. It. Yeah, I can't wait for Driving when you're paralyzed, I swear to God, everyone that I talk to that drives in there, they can't walk. There's some therapy in driving. Yeah. It's yeah. really great. So enjoy it down there in Texas. Be careful on the roads. And I don't really think I have much else to ask you since no. you're so new. So I just want to say thank you. Enjoy and be careful down there and good luck thank picking you. out a car. Thanks, Tiffany. I appreciate it. Thanks for talking to me. I appreciate the opportunity. It's it. I love your Insta Instagram account. And for anyone that wants to follow you, what's your, uh, what's your name on there again? So my name on Instagram is Ivy Rose 112. I love that. Yeah. Name. And I also have a YouTube channel as well. It's Kimberly Rose. K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. There's the E right there. But cool. Yeah. I love your name. It's beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. And I'll talk to you later, Kimberly. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Thank you again for listening to Life After Paralysis. Um, we will be having another podcast on this topic of adaptive driving in three months time. If you would like to be on that podcast, you can contact me at tiffanycarlson at gmail.com. That's T-I-F-F-I-N-Y-C-A-R-L-S-O-N at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.